Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Risk! Hello, kids. This is Risk, the show where people tell true stories they never thought they'd dare to share. I'm Kevin Allison, and every Thursday we release these special episodes where we look back at content from our earlier years, sometimes single stories, sometimes whole episodes. Keep in mind that years ago, people might have worded things differently than they would today. As always, the title of the whole series, Risk, is itself a content warning. This week, a story that Jessica Wise first shared on the podcast in January of 2015. Here's Jessica now with a story we call Our First Crisis. My boyfriend and I had been on a very typical European backpacking adventure a few years ago and we're in our mid-twenties. A little background on us, we've been dating for a couple years and had lived abroad for a while and we were able to save up all this money before we moved back to the US. So we thought, let's go on this big trip. As per usual, I, I plan most of it and it's kind of a catch-22 always between us that I'm a control freak that wants to have everything planned, but it's always his fault that he's not participating either when I don't necessarily give him the opportunity to. Um, so we're on this trip and we're checking off places on the itinerary and we're going to Sevilla, Spain. And I really wanted to go to a bullfight. It was kind of a last minute thing on the trip. So I didn't ha diligently plan the hotel the way I normally had. And so the only room available on the Friday night we got in was at a hostel. And not only was that a hostel, but it was in a, one of those multi-gendered rooms, which are usually super cheap, but then not many people want to be in them because of exactly the point. It's just, it's worse than a college dorm, but with strangers. And so we think, you know what? It's only one night, who cares? I normally would not have wanted to be in that situation, but because I'm with my boyfriend, say la vie, one night, let's just stay there. We walk in the room and it's on the third floor of this old Spanish mansion. And I mean, it's a gorgeous home and had an open balcony and there were windows in each of the rooms that faced out to the balcony because the whole middle roof was open because it's for airflow and, and that the windows in the rooms could be open in, from the inside as well as from the outside facing walls. There were two bunk beds available. There were three bunks that were lining the three walls. One of the top bunks was open and one of the bottom bunks was open and I grew up on a top bunk and I said, no problem, I'll take the top bunk. I had noticed because the window was right flush with the top bunk, it was a little high and I thought, that's odd. I just wanna make sure that it's locked and just normal safety precautions. And and there was this old wooden shutter door that made this creaky sound when you opened it. There was no real lock other than this latch. It was pretty faulty, but I thought, you know what? The window's high enough up 
it's really creaky. If anyone comes in, I'm going to hear the creak. And there was no way that anyone just standing could go through the window. It would have to be fairly calculated to put a chair in front on the window on the outside and then go up and then open the window. And I'm usually one of those people that thinks I'm going to get raped around the street corner everywhere I go. I carry my key in my hands and I'm ready to deck someone if I have to. And I'm always thinking like that. So I'm glad that I ran through the scenario in my head, but kind of checked that box being like, I thought about it. I know how it would happen. So, you know, it's not going to happen. I can go to sleep. In that millisecond between when your brain's awake, but your eyes aren't open yet, I felt a hand. I had a long summer dress on, I had the sheet on, and I had underwear on. So the hand was like right on my genitalia, ready to go all up in there. And in that millisecond, I'm thinking of John, my boyfriend at the time, who's with me, and I'm thinking, what, what, why would you be touching me in a room full of strangers in the middle of the night and I'm sleeping? Like, how creepy, even though that you would never do that. And I remember thinking that, I'm, I'm blinking, I'm starting to wake up and I look to my right and my senses are starting to turn on, like, okay, window, window was to the right. And I'm looking over and I don't have my contact lenses and I have really shitty vision. And I just see this blur of a man, but it's just a mop of black hair and a black beard. And my boyfriend has red hair, so it's not him. And I'm looking and now he's starting to speak in Spanish to me, he's whispering. I could tell in my limited Spanish that he was just talking dirty to me. I'm, I'm frozen just for a second, not realizing what to do. And all of a sudden my fight or flight response is just turned on. And I go immediately to go and punch him, but I fall through the window. He's ducking, I see that there's a chair there. I'm a hold myself with the window pane or else I'm gonna fall through the window. And he's able to like scrounge down, run down to the staircase. And because of those balconies, how you couldn't see everything, I could see him go down the stairwell, go into the second floor bedroom and close the door. So I'm able to push myself off the window pane. And at this point there was enough commotion that now John's near my bed, like what happened? And I just remember yelling, he touched me, he touched me, he touched me. Immediately he's asking questions like, touch you where, what happened? Rather than like, go get him, like go get him. And I just, because I just wanted to act. And I remember being like, we have to go to the lobby and block the door so he can't get out. So we sprint down the stairs and we're in the lobby area and there's the front reception desk. And we see a sign that says, attendant not there until 8 a.m. And then there's a clock to the side that says 6.45. No phones around. Thank God I could see it in the background of the lobby. It was a pretty big lobby. There was a girl on the computer in the back and I go up to her and I say, can you please call the police? And she's like, oh, I don't speak English. I'm like, pull it side, police, policia. And she got the message and could see that I was agitated. So she, I saw that she called. John and I are just standing there in the middle of this beautiful old mansion, just waiting for the police. And all of a sudden down this open stairwell comes the guy. He must have taken off his shirt because now he's putting on his shirt as he's walking down the stairs, kind of in a, oh, what's the commotion going on down here? And in my head, I'm thinking, you fucking asshole. Like, he's walking down the stairs, and then now I have this opportunity again. 
and John's standing there, but I just run up the stairs, I go boom, and I punch him right in the face. And unfortunately, my 5'7", 120 pound frame body didn't do much, but now I'm just irate and I'm, I'm screaming at him. Like, you fucking asshole, what the fuck did you think you, who do you think you are? Like, I'm just livid. And he goes to John and goes, you're a man, I'm a man. Like, she's a woman, like, so I touch her. And I'm yelling at John, like, punch him, knock him out. Like, fuck this guy. Like, this is, what the fuck? And just nothing. I remember just being so angry that like, I'm gonna wait outside, block the door from the inside. I'm gonna wait on the outside for the police. And so I'm waiting outside thinking like, what the fuck? And here I still don't have my contact lenses on. So not only am I like emotionally, like everything's starting to come out now, but like, I can't see either. So like, it's just such a bizarre memory too that I have not my real vision of memory. Like it's this like whitewash blur. I can see the police car rolling up in the distance and all of a sudden I hear all this racket inside, like tables falling down, like glass breaking. The guy runs out the door and I remember being like, no, he's gonna get away. And I grabbed the corner of his shirt and I still remember that feeling of like, you know that when you can't hold on to something and like just trying so hard to hold on to it and grabbing the corner of his shirt and not seeing where John is and then all of a sudden I see him come out and the French girl had a boyfriend apparently that almost looked like Fabio, had this like blonde hair and a ponytail, just huge like wrestler body. And between the two of them were able to tackle this guy and John was smart enough to get on the guy's back, like put his knee in his back and then pull out his wallet and throw it in the opposite direction that he was laying in. So God forbid he got away, at least we could ID the, the motherfucker. And thank God the police came. He was still there and we were able to file a police report. Uh, we know that he was arrested. Don't know what the Spanish court system ended up doing with him, but justice was served in the best possible way that you could think of in this situation, that it wasn't this, I think of so many stories that you hear of drunk American girls, you're just being not smart walking through, like these things happen all the time, but like I happened to be in a situation that I was able to react quickly, didn't have any alcohol in my system, and that I had a loved one with me to be able to help. Awkwardly, we go back to the hostel and, and the hostel owner refunds us and we get a, a hotel room like we actually thought we were gonna plan on doing the, the next night. And I just remember laying on the bed, John laying there next to me and, and then we started kissing and proceeded to have sex like a normal couple. And I just, for that split second, I remember thinking of what had happened just a mere 12, 12 hours before, 14 hours before, and, and thought to myself, like, I'm not gonna let this get in my way. Like, I have a, a habit of ruminating over things, overthinking things, and I thought, like, it's okay to be emotional about this, but it was a stranger and a horrible thing that happened. It doesn't say anything about anything, and I'm like, I don't want this to affect anything between John and I. And at first I just thought it was the sexual part that like this stranger touched me here. I don't want to think about that every time anyone touches me there. But as like the, the weeks progressed and we ended up going home and 
we were planning for living in Europe, which we then did, and saw each other briefly over over the fall. I'm we live in separate cities in the U.S., but we were planning on going to Germany together. And instead, what happened was the opposite. That I I kept thinking not just of like the act and what happened, but more bothered that when I was yelling at John to punch him, he didn't have the same response that I had towards this guy of just wanting to deck him. Rather than just appreciating John's emotional intelligence differences, not for better or for worse, like they're different than mine. And rather than just appreciating that, I just got so fixated that this event was so symbolic of him not sticking up for me or sticking up for us or planning for the future and I just let that drive a wedge between us and it was just the elephant in the room all the time but I decided in a cowardly way not to bring it up and it was just easier to think about it in my head or talk to my girlfriends about it and John really is such a, a healthy good yin yang balance to me instead of just dealing with the normal curves that life throws you as a, a couple and even though we were in our mid-20s this was probably our, our first big one and I I can't say that I know what it feels like to lose a child or like face another huge other traumatic event but I feel like in my own small way like you kind of get a taste of that when something happens like that and two people don't decide to take that opportunity to deal with it together and say things even if you know that they're the wrong emotions to have, that they're your emotions regardless and deal through it. And I didn't do that. Instead, I asked him to leave like when I, I was in Germany and... And I immediately regretted it. But then, like we weren't kids anymore. There were consequences that he had flown to Australia to be with friends there and there were visa issues, there was like money issues. I had a thousand dollars in my name. I couldn't grab a plane and go there. And I thought maybe like the break is like a good chance for us just to like, or really a good chance for me to deal with like how how I process things, what what he means to me what I need to do like myself that like it takes two to tango sort of thing and being more explicit about how I feel and when I feel it but it took a lot of time and just like one decision how it took almost a year and a half before we were in the same place again like ge geographically but then also like mentally because that like really hurt him that I, I took such an extreme path just to like prove a point out of like pride rather than just talking about it as an adult. Why would he want to be with me either if I just took such drastic decisions rather than just talking about it and the drama queen written all over it or like again like fuck you and I mean I totally under understood that and it like broke my heart knowing that there may not be an opportunity for us to be together again but thank god that wasn't in the cards and we're back together again and things are great and I think I'm far better now at rather than judging my feelings as ones that I need like I can't have some because they're not logical or like because I want to be logical to him that no it's okay 
logical or not that my feelings are my feelings and I just need to share them with the person that I'm most intimate with and like that shouldn't judge right or wrongness of that stuff and and I'm glad as a life lesson to myself that I was able to experience something like that at such an earlier age and something that wasn't as largely traumatic because I think just that the lesson that you learn letting someone go and then being able to get them back you're able to put it in perspective in a totally different way that the little small things that just piss you off from living together where they're like it's not a big deal think of what the actual drastic alternative is that he's not in your life and i know it's absolutely absurd to think in such like cataclysmic ways for everything but the way my brain works like it really does like it's a pill to just drop me in a gear of just like perspective and I just know I have to remind myself of that all the time in a lot of different areas of my life. But I'm glad I have something to to bring me always back to that center when it comes to him. That's all for this week's Classic Risk Singles episode. Now, don't miss out on our regular full-length episodes. There's a brand new one every Tuesday. And everything you might want to know about us is at risk-show.com.